Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. All of us are aware that currently we find ourselves in an atmosphere where fear, anxiety, violence, sickness, and death is all around us. So I was prompted by the Spirit to minister this morning on the subject of divine protection and preservation from all manner of evil. I believe this is a now word from the Lord to His people, and, um, and I pray that all of us will hear with an open heart and an open mind what God has to say about being divinely protected from all kinds of destructive uh, um, instruments that are running rampant in our world today. The Bible speaks of a secret place in God where we are protected, divinely protected, through God's invisible covering from all manner of evil that seeks to harm and destroy. The Bible calls this place secret because it is hidden. Few know it, and even fewer know how to remain and abide in that secret place. So I want us uh, to get to Psalm 91, please. If you have your Bibles or your device, I would like us to read the entire psalm prayerfully and hear what the Lord has to say about His divine protection and about the secret place that exists in God, and how do we abide thee? So let's turn to Psalm 91 and read. There are only 16 verses, so we're going to read these verses prayerfully. Father, as we get to your word, we pray that you would grant us revelation, knowledge, and understanding. Help us to see things that we have not seen before. Hear valuable truths that perhaps we have missed in our business. Lord, thank you that you are present with us, Holy Spirit, to help us understand and apply these precious promises in our lives. So let's read. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, 
nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come nigh your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash, lest you dash your foot against the stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. As you can see, all of these promises we just read are given to those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Notice the words once again in verse 1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And again, because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you. The word dwell means to abide in, to remain. It speaks of a place of shelter, to live in, or a place of residence. So we can clearly see from these scriptures that these promises of divine protection given from the Lord are conditional. Just like every other promise that God gives us is conditional. They are given to those who abide in God and make the dwelling place with God. These are the ones who have discovered the secret place of the Most High and abide under the shadow of His protection. Now, how can we get to this place and take shelter from the destruction and the evil that is all around us? Is there such a place? Well, the Bible says there is. Well, this is what we hope to find out in our study today. Our Lord Jesus taught his disciples of every generation how to abide in God and dwell in that secret place by following his example. He said in John's Gospel, chapter 15, verses 9 and 10, As my Father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, 
just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. John the Apostle also says, in different words though, no one, sa- no one has seen God at any time. 1 John 4.12 If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. As you can see in those two scriptures that we've just read, the word love and abiding in God's love is very central when it comes to abiding under the shadow of his protection. We also learn that the secret place of the Most High is not a geographical location to get to. Some folks are so fed up with the situation either in the in the area or the city or even their country, so they are fleeing from one city to another, from one country to another, hoping to find that shelter or that safety. But the secret place of the Most High is not a geographical location to get to, but it is a spiritual habitation where the love of God is fully received and expressed through obedience by individuals who live and walk in it. So the secret place of the Most High is receiving the love of God and walking in it by loving God and loving one another as He gave us commandment. I believe that where the commandment of love is obeyed, that is where the shadow of Almighty God remains. Because God is love. Those who walk in love are walking in God. In God there is safety. In God there is protection from all manner of evil. It is in that very place that we find our refuge, we find divine protection, we find fellowship and intimacy with our Heavenly Father through Jesus. Where God's love is present and active, there is no fear, there is no torment, there is no anxiety or worry, because perfect love casts out, the Bible says, all fear. Where the love of God is, there is no fear. They cannot dwell in the same place. Love will cast out all manner of fear, anxiety, worry, and torment. Loving God, therefore, as the scripture says, with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and loving one another in the Lord is the safest place on earth. We abide in God, and God abides in us. As you all know, we are currently living in a time of great fear and stress. The atmosphere is constantly charged through the media with reports, violence, death, disease, virus, and destruction. Multitudes at this point in time not just within the house of God, 
but outside of the church are searching for a safe place, a harbor in which they can take refuge and find shelter from the horrors and the evil that is multiplied in our day. Remember that the Bible warned us about such days. Days, Paul says to Timothy, of great stress and trouble, days which are hard to deal with and hard to bear. That's how the Amplified Translation translates that verse. But listen, our focus should not be on what is going on in a world around us, but rather our focus should be on the Lord Jesus and also what is going on in our own hearts, in our own inner man. The things that are going on in our inner man determine whether we are living in the secret place of the Most High or we have taken ourselves out of it. Why do I say that? Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, a very important verse, says, Keep your heart, in other words, your spirit, your inner man, your soul, with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. The New Living Translation says it this way, Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life, the direction of your life, the course of our life, and the quality of life is determined by the affections of our hearts, determined what goes on inside of us. That means if we love the Lord and we devote ourselves to Him, to serve him and our fellow man and his purposes, we will enjoy the benefits of his ever-abiding presence. Exodus 23, 25 says, And you shall serve the Lord, and he shall bless your bread and your water, and will remove sickness and disease from the midst of you. So, if we love him, according to the words of Jesus, we will keep his commandments and walk in his pleasure. And his commandments are not grievous. They're not burdensome. That's what the Bible says, because he who is born of God overcomes the world, because the greater one lives within us. The psalmist confirms this in Psalm 40 when he says, I delight to do your will, O my God. There is delight in doing the will of God. There is delight in walking in the center of God's will and fulfilling His pleasure. Amen? And your law, the psalmist says, is within my heart. What law is he talking about? It is the law of love. Anytime we step out of God's love, we are stepping out of the will of God and we need to repent quickly, whether we've sinned in word or deed, and get back under God's 
invisible umbrella of protection. That does not mean we will not face challenges in our life. That does not mean we will not encounter tests or trials. On the contrary, perhaps even more than those who are outside of the will of God. But the difference is that we will have the abundant grace of God to assist us in overcoming every single trial and every single test. The Holy Spirit writing to new believers through Paul, he said in Acts 14 verse 22, warning new believers that we must throw many tribulations into the kingdom of God. Notice the words many tribulations, many trials, not just a few. The psalmist also confirms this. Psalm 34 verse 19 says, Many are the afflictions or the trials of the righteous. But, thank God for that but, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Not just a few of them, out of them all. So it is certain that we will face many afflictions in this life, but the Lord promises deliverance out of them all. Psalm 91, the one that we just read, promises us just that. Let me repeat those words to you again. God says, Because you have set your love upon me, therefore I will deliver you. I will set you on high because you have known my name. You shall call upon me and I will answer you and I will be with you in trouble. Yes, God is with us right in the midst of that test and that trouble. And then he says, I will deliver you and I will honor you and with long life I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. These promises are exceedingly precious and great promises to those who remain and abide in the secret place of the Most High. So having said all of that, one thing is needed, and that is to grow and to develop in the love of God. That's what we need to do. It is our responsibility to develop that love that God has shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Paul the Apostle, writing to the church in Philippi, says in, Philipp in Philippians chapter 1, verse 9, And this I pray. The Apostle is praying for the church here. And I believe this is a wonderful prayer to pray for the body of Christ, for your church community, and for the church in the city and worldwide. This I pray, he says, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. Isn't that a wonderful prayer to pray? And it is so simple. So many of us often ask, well, I don't know how to pray. Well, the Word of God tells you how to pray. Here it is. Pray that the love that God has poured into our hearts may grow, may abound, may develop towards God and towards one another. Furthermore, the Bible says that the very love of God, 
because God is love, has been already shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit, which was given unto us. We don't even have to pray and ask God to give us love. He has already given us the God kind of love when he has come into our lives, when the Holy Spirit has come with him, he shed abroad in our hearts the very love of God. So, even though we have received this God kind of love, we still need to act on it. Or if I can put it that way, activate that love and develop it. How do we do that? Well, act as though you did love. If you did love God, how would you respond? In obedience. If you did love your brother, how would you respond? In love, in kindness. So it is our responsibility to develop and to grow the love that God has already given by the Holy Spirit. In, uh, as you all know, in Galatians 5, the Bible speaks of the fruit of the Spirit. And love is the first fruit of the recreated human spirit. Well, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and patience, and perseverance, and all of that. Fruit grows and develops. And as I've explained, there's only one way to grow and to develop in God's love, and that is to feed that love with the Word of God and exercise it. How do we do that? Act as though you did love. And you will find that you will grow as you practice loving. Now, we take the scriptures, the Word of God, which speak about the love of God. And there are many. And what do we do? We meditate on them. And we put them into practice. The more we obey the commandment of love, the more we develop in it. When someone does you wrong, don't gripe and complain and say all manner of evil against that person. Rather, take that opportunity and exercise the love of God that is in you by forgiving that person. Here are some words from Jesus that if we put into practice, we will grow and develop our love walk. We read from Luke's Gospel 6, 27, 28. Now, folks, this is the meat of the word. So I hope I'm not going <laughs> to choke you on the meat. The Bible speaks of the milk of the word and the meat of the word. Now, this is for mature believers. Jesus said, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who despitefully use you. And just as you would want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. So loving our enemies 
and doing good to those who hate us. Listen carefully. It is an act of our will and has nothing to do with how we feel about them. Our feelings and emotions are not our God. The Word of the Lord and Jesus is the Lord of our lives. That is for those who are true disciples. You don't have to go with your feelings and your emotions because love is an act of your will. You will to love. Feelings will come afterwards. Forgiving others who have wronged us, praying for those who despitefully use or persecute us is a choice and not an emotion. Many of us fail to understand this. We say, I can't forgive. Why? Because you're basing your ability on your emotions and your feelings rather than the word of the Lord. That means your feelings are your God. That means your emotions are dictating you rather than the spirit of the living God. Just like faith is a choice, loving others is also a choice. I will to love regardless of anybody else walks in it or not. I don't have to choose to go with my feelings. I choose to obey God. Why? Because I love God with all of my heart and I fear him more than any other person. I recall the days years ago in the 1980s of my persecution from the religious leaders of my denomination simply because I went out in obedience to God preaching the gospel to my Greek countrymen and calling them to repentance. I recall those days were very difficult. The words of Jesus, which I just read to you, became my daily exercise in prayer. Daily I would pray for those who persecuted me, said all manner of evil about me, printed my name in the Greek uh, community magazine, calling me a heretic, uh, a fraud, one who's been financed by the Americans to destroy or to take people away from the Orthodox Church, all manner of evil things, which none of them was true. And I recall I, I would get up every morning and I would pray asking God to forgive and to bless them because they did not know what they were doing. And as I mentioned, those days were difficult to bear, but as I continued to obey the commandment of love, I grew the most spiritually during that season. All of us, without exception, in this life, we will be given many opportunities to exercise our love. The devil and his cohorts will see to that. Even our own relatives, family members, as well as our brothers and sisters in the Lord will give us such opportunities to get offended with them, to walk away from them, to speak evil of them. What we do in those times and how we respond, I believe will determine whether we will remain and abide in the secret place of the Most High or stay outside of it.
Peter approached the Lord once with a question. Remember Matthew 18, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. That means unlimited forgiveness, folks. You see, Peter wanted to draw boundaries. <laughs> uh, seven times, eight times, and Jesus said, no, 490 times. Well, that's unlimited. And Jesus, of course, took that opportunity to teach them about the value of forgiveness. And he talked to them about the servant who owed his master uh, a whole lot of money, came, begged him for forgiveness, and the master forgave him. But when he went out, he found a servant of his that owed him so much less than what he owed his master. Of course, he refused to forgive him when his fellow servant asked for mercy and the master heard about it. You know the story and threw him in prison. And Jesus concluded his teaching by saying, so my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. My friends, my fellow believers, my household of faith, there is a penalty for not walking in God's love. And that penalty is very severe most times. Many believers even today are in the grip of unforgiveness and many have suffered much by refusing to walk in God's love, while others even died prematurely. Paul, if you remember, writing to the church in Corinth, said in 1 Corinthians 11.30, For this reason many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. What was the reason? They failed to discern and give proper recognition to the members of the body of Christ. In other words, to the fellow believers. They were in strife with one another. If you read 1 Corinthians, you will see. They were taking each other to court. They were envious and jealous of one another, hurting each other. And as a result, they were tormented by the evil one. James says in James 3.16, For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. We need to try our utmost to remove strife from our midst. Families and marriages are being torn apart today by strife and self-seeking, simply refusing to obey the commandment of love. Selfishness. I believe that this is the root cause of all the suffering, of all the heartache and the tears that humanity puts up with it today. Self-seeking. Selfishness. The love of God doesn't say, I will love you if you love me. But it does say, I will love you regardless of how you treat me. That's unconditional love, folks. Human love is not more than just 
a little bit more than sexual desire. Human love will turn to hate overnight, but not the love of God, which has been shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given unto us. And I want to close my message this morning with a reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8, and we're going to read from the Amplified Translation. I encourage you to write these scriptures down on a piece of paper or somewhere, or if it's not, if you don't have a device, and meditate, read them morning, noon, and night. Meditate as often as you can, because this, this is the essence and the substance of the love of God. This is how the love of God behaves. So, 1 Corinthians 13, beginning with verse 4 from the Amplified. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Some of us endure long, but not many of us are patient and kind while we're doing it. <laughs> Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy. It is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily, it is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes, is ever ready to believe the worst of every person. Is that what it says? <laughs> Love is ever ready to believe the, the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. Love never fails, never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. Folks, the Bible says that from time to time we ought to judge ourselves. And if we do that, we escape God's judgment. So let's examine our love walk against these verses. How do we fear? The Bible says, Let's judge ourselves. Is there any unforgiveness? Is there any bitterness? Is there any prejudice in our hearts? Let's get rid of them. That is why I said earlier that what goes on in our inner man, in our spirit and soul, determines the outcome and the course of our lives. Father, as I conclude this message, I pray that the ministry of your word this morning found its target. 
Lord, teach us, help us how to walk, how to develop, how to grow in your precious love. Thank you that you have shared abroad in our hearts the, the precious love, the unconditional love of God, so that we may walk in it, that we may love you with all of our hearts, our minds, our strength, and our soul, and love one another as you gave us commandment. Teach us to remain and abide in that secret place where we are divinely protected from all harm. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.